Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. In the ancient world, when they went to get gold, they didn't just get gold. They got a lot of other things. And they wanted to separate the gold from all the other stuff. So what did they do? They burned it. They threw it in. And there was a lot of other stuff. And you know what? If you throw in all of that stuff into the fire, the first thing that will burn off is water, steam. And then each thing, depending on its burn point, will begin to go. So if there's twigs or leaves or junk, it goes. Each thing, more and more and more, the things that seem harder, more real, are the last things to go. And so, so when we come into God's presence, what he is a consuming fire. So when he comes into our, if we come into his presence, we should bubble and boil. Anybody here have some things in your life that are not as they should be, whether they were done to you or you did them to yourself? Who here wants them gone? What we do is we step into his presence. You begin to feel the discomfort. That's not a sign of a problem. That's a good thing. Because that's not a sign that you're rejected. It's a sign that he is cleansing you. Does that make sense? And so this is so important that we grasp this, that we we own this, that it is not our shame that we are discomforted. Why do you think he's called the comforter? Because he's uncomfortable. We need his comfort in that moment. And so when we are sitting there in your city, I get this all the time. People are like, oh, you know what? I just couldn't worship anymore. I just left the worship time. Don't! He was doing something. What if your discomfort is a sign of your breakthrough? What if your discomfort is a sign of things get leaving you? What if the discomfort you feel is because the demons that afflicted you are not having a good time? Maybe the screaming you hear is theirs. Ah, stop hurting us. Because his presence burns away everything that is not who he says you are. Until he can see the full reflection of his glory on the shiny surface of the gold that is gold and gold alone. That is it. And so if you come in, who here, the first song of worship, you're like, I don't remember why I'm here. That's the morning people. They're like, how did I get here? Right? It's okay. Don't move. Stay in that place. Stand in the fire of his presence and let him consume everything that is not of you. Anything that comes up in your mind that doesn't look like him, just say, I give it to you. Because what does the master craftsman do when the master who, of the, the goldsmith is everything that rises to the surface that's not gold? What does he do with it? He pulls it off doesn't even what do they call that slag dross they throw it to the side it's worthless he doesn't even look at it we're the ones like oh my gosh oh my gosh i didn't realize that was in my heart i'm a horrible human being who are my people who here you come into worship and you get condemned blink twice okay you're my people it's okay quit just don't that's not a sign of a problem it's what was in you but you're getting delivered of Stay. Don't move. I've said this before. Probably the most violent 
fundamental, life-changing deliverance I experienced was just me standing in worship at a conference and refusing to move. I was so uncomfortable. I didn't get any of the messages. I didn't get anything. I was just, I'm not moving. I'm staying uncomfortable because I can't keep living like this, bound by fear. And God broke fear off of my life. But the problem is, so often, we think those things are us. True? True? Because we've lived with them so long. That's why they're called familiar spirits. <laughs> oh, look at you. Ah, stay, stay, stay. And that's actually what we're going after today. If you have Bibles, always recommended. You guys remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about this whole thing, that God wanted a relationship with Israel, with the people of Israel. And when he brought them out of Egypt, he brought them to the Sinai, Mount Sinai. And he's like, okay, this is the moment. I want you to send all the people up. This is going to be amazing. We're going to have fellowship. I'm going to have a nation of priests, no mediator, just me and them. This is going to be incredible. And they said, ah, no, we don't trust God, Right. He said, in, but before he said, they said no, he said, all we need is just a few ground rules, 10 commandments. He thought that was enough, that with living with him, 10 commandments is enough to keep you out of trouble. Do you guys remember what those 10 commandments are? Could we pull those up? So the first three are really obvious. We just had a wedding with Michelle and Billy, and they kind of did the first three. They said, I'm not having any other bride than you. I'm not having, right? It's like, it's like this is an exclusive relationship, right? And then it's like, and I'm not going to allow my love of cars or shopping come between us, right? I'm not going to have any idols. But then he says, don't, don't use God's name in vain. Anybody had your name used in vain? You know what I'm saying? They're like, Rah! And you're like, that's not my name. That's not who I am. You think something of me that I'm not, and you're trying to use my name to manipulate me. In their world, it was use his name as magic or use it as if it had no value at all. Anybody here, you don't feel like people actually even know your name? That's what he says. I want you to know my name. And then, but then he says, keep the Sabbath. And we kind of glossed, glossed over that. And then he said, honor your parents. And, uh, that and the 10th one to me are the sign that he wants us to live life in him because you can't honor your parents or not covet apart from God doing a work on the inside. Anybody whose parents were perfectly honorable in all their ways and never did anything to cause you to want to dishonor them? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah, their dad. Their dad was great. Yeah, Adam and Eve's dad was great. But the reality is God calls us. He says, I purposely give you something you can't do, so you'll lean on me. And then the others are like super obvious. Don't kill people. If you get married, don't have adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie, right? But let's come back. The weird one. I remember as a kid, I was like, he's like, have no gods before me. Have no idols. Don't use my name in vain. Oh, and keep the Sabbath. I always was like, what? Anybody? Did anybody ever feel like that was a left turn at Albuquerque? Blink twice. I was the only one who had, was critical in Sunday school. Nobody. Okay. Anyway. All right. Thank you. I see those hands. All right. So let's dig into this because I, this is something that I realized is what does he say? He says, verse eight of chapter 20, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals. animals. My dog's off today. <laughs> um, 
nor animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. In, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. No, that clears things up. Please tell me that doesn't clear some things up. You, uh, why do we have to have questions? If you have no questions, you get no answers. So let me ask you this. Okay, this word rest, right? Let me ask you a question. Who here struggles to rest? Awesome, good. Okay, let me ask you this. Why, uh, let me start in the positive. Why should we rest, do you think? Get, don't get theological, just be actual. Why do you think rest is good? <laughs> no crank, okay. What was, what was that? Heels. Heel. Yeah, it's, it's shown to... It, yeah, anybody here like skip sleep for a while? What's that? Reset. Reset. Yes. Aren't you glad that his mercies are new every morning? You're like, oh, I need a reset. What else? It's how you process the stuff from that day. Yes. Process. Come on. <laughs> no killing. That makes those commandments a little easier. What else? Creativity. Creativity. Yeah. It's really hard to be uh, creative when you're just... Mm. What else? Rebalance. Rebalance. Dream. dream. What else? Forgive. Forgive. Help me with that one. I like it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get perspective and yeah. Come on. Self-care. Uh, say that again. Get out of our own effort. Uh, so, uh, let's see. No self-effort. There we go. Anything else? Reconnect. What was that? Reconnect. Reconnect. And what was this one? Grateful. grateful to be grateful. Well, I, one of the things I'm hearing a lot of is getting perspective. It's really hard when you're in the trenches of life to have a clue what's going on. Anybody? Like the image God constantly gives me is there was, a, there was an ad 20, 30 years ago for Dunkin' Donuts, this little guy, and it was like, time to make the donuts. And it was like he was just grinding through life, like barely moving. Like as soon as he goes to bed, he goes back, gets back up and starts making donuts again. Who are my people? That's like, right? And, and I feel like is God calls us in rest out of that place. But let me ask you a question. Why do you find it hard to rest? Because I might miss something. <laughs> uh, FOMO. FOMO, baby. Uh huh. Overactive mind. Duh. To do list. Yeah. Somebody has to supervise. What else? Anxiety. Come on. That's like the negative to do list, right? <laughs> Anybody here found without rest the likelihood of your children being loved is zero? Moving on. But yeah, if you don't get rest from your children, yeah, anyway. Success. Success. What, what, how so? Uh, we're talking about how far we choose not to rest, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, do it oh, pursuing success. Got it. What else? Completion. Completion. 
Yeah, who are my OCD people? Trying too hard to help others. Oh, yes. Carrying the burdens of others. What's that? Oh, <laughs> which, we, yep. The, the caveat to that is I ain't got no no. Oh, yeah, just kind of get stuck. Yeah. Yep. Relying too much on yourself. Self-reliance. But who else am I going to rely on? <laughs> Any, yeah, <laughs> that's the secret, always the answer. Yes? What was that? Trust issues. Trust issues. No trust. Well, that's a good starting place. Well, let's get make it even worse, though. Okay, who here... When you try to rest, that's when everything goes bad. So what are some bad things you might do because you're resting? (laughs) Indulge. Who are my indulgers? I had a conversation with somebody the other day. They were like, why is it when I stop, all these bizarre thoughts pop into my head? Huh? Huh? Mind spiral. Yeah, it's like I'm barely holding on. Like, like I don't want to let this thing go going to unwind. What else? Argue, argue. <laughs> Come on, I love it. What else? Self-destruct. Come on, you know who you are. I'm not going to say that when I finally got like five minutes to myself last night, I may have got broken out the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I deserve this. What? Who, are, who are my people? Yeah, okay, good. What else? What else? How can we be destructive in rest? Get bored. I would say bored equal depressed. I I heard something back here. (laughs) Men, no amen. All right, moving on. Huh? Pointless productivity. Oh, I love this. You are my people. Give in to addictions. Oh, yeah, baby. Give in, dive in, jump, push, whatever. Um, the, uh, um, can, can I, to go to this bored and depressed, who here, when you finally stop, all the things you've been afraid of come crashing in on you? Yeah? Uh, let's just call that tsunami of hell. So we'll just go back over here, right? Nobody? Okay, who here, when you start to be aware of your personal tsunami of hell, you switch to focusing on other people's problems? (laughs) Ladies are like... (laughs) We all have our own way of just, of distracting, moving away. But here's the problem, is God says... What does he tell us to do? Because he rested, we're supposed to rest. And so I've been really wrestling with this because I'm not good at rest either. And, and so when I don't know something, I actually am starting in my life to get excited. Why do you think that is? Because I now have a question. See, if you know everything, but your life still stinks, Sorry about your luck. But if you don't know something, you might get breakthrough. So I was like, okay, okay. 
And I was like, Lord, how do I get at that? And I couldn't figure it out. So I decided to dig into the Hebrew and Greek, just trying to figure out maybe my understanding of rest is off. So what do we have? We have the story, Genesis chapter 2. You know, God does, God does, God does, God does. Do you think God was breaking a sweat when he was creating the world? He said, let there be light. And it was like, wow, that was tough. The only thing he seemed to put any effort into was making us. Right? He did some handicrafts. That was you know, down at Michael's, you know. And, and he made us out of the earth. And, and then he, and he forms Eve and Adam. And it's just wonderful. And he said it was good. And because it was good, then he rested. And for me, rest equals relaxation. Nobody? But rest, as I dug into this, is not, it has no connection with relaxation whatsoever. I was very surprised at because that was my whole grit and I was good at it when I was bad at it but anyway and re- to rest means to stop stop moving and stop doing why did God stop doing what do you think he was done it was good because it was good. If God says it's good, God can't add anything to it. It must be pretty awesome, right? In fact, he said it was very good with us. Wow, God stopped because it was good. So let's fast forward, right? He says it's good, and the people are like, can we make a slight suggestion of a change? How about we make ourselves better, right? By taking of the fruit, right? They tried to improve on God's design. Now, you don't do this, but you probably heard me say this. Something God spoke to me a long time, oh, well, in the last bit a lot, is Peter, we'd have a lot less problems if you quit trying to solve things. He spent, 90% of our time is spent resolving the problems you created by trying to solve things in your own strength. Let that sink in. Yeah, robbing Peter's people. So here, they see a problem. We are not yet fully like God. We're Adam and Eve exactly like God. I mean, if you said God next to Adam and Eve, would you be confused of which is which? No. And yet, they were growing in the same way that Jesus, who was very God, had to grow in favor with God and man. Adam and Eve were growing up like we all do new experiences, they had a mission, expand the garden, they were growing. But anybody here get tired, get, um, think that God's plan and God's timing might be different than yours? Try to help him speed things along? Anybody? Nobody? Okay, people are like, no, never. Never tried that. Okay, so my submission is Eve desired what God wanted to give to her to be more like him and yet in God's time. But she tried to speed it up in her own strength saying what your plan is, God, is not good. So what is the curse? The curse, watch the curse. The curse to Adam is what? By the sweat of your brow, you will earn your bread. You will sow, but you will get back thistles. What does that sound like? Hard labor for no return, right? God called them to do what? Rest in his work. He gave them work to do, but they were resting in him for their needs to be met. 
And instead they said, we will do it ourselves. And they became their own source. So watch what happens with rest. So God says, this, so, so this theme of rest keeps showing up again and again. It says, it says that he, when, um, let's, let's flip over to, um, I've got a Bible here somewhere. Um, Exodus 33, right? So he invites them to rest on each day of the week, which by the way, this is a radical concept. Do you know why this is such a radical concept, the idea of taking a rest? Why do you think in the ancient world it was such a radical concept to take a rest? Because they were busy all the time, what? They provided like everything for themselves back then. Yeah, because they had to survive. I mean, if I'm not doing it, who's my people? If I ain't doing it, ain't nobody doing it. Right? Right? Who have you, Lord, but me? Right? Remember, we talked about last week, Elijah's like, I'm the only one left. Right? There's this thing that this survival mentality, it's all on me. If I stop, people are going to die. I'm going to die. And God goes, don't. But not only that, but he said, don't let anybody else work. And so, he, into this place, but, it, but let, me stay, let me show you a couple more spots where we talk about rest, and maybe we'll see the connections. Uh, Exodus 33. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not to let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you've found favor with me, and if you're pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor and remember that this nation is your people. What did he want? Rest from them people, right? (laughs) Who here, God gave you a mission and you took it upon yourself and it killed you. That's a sign that we have taken what was not ours to carry. And he's, and I love it. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Rest. So often it is in our frustration, our awareness. I can't, I can't, I can't. Fine, I'll give it back to you, God. I can't do it anyway. God's like, I'll take that. I will give you rest. But what is this rest? I love it. Over in Isaiah chapter 35, he says a beautiful thing that's worth remembering. If I can get there. 35? 30-15. I knew that. I knew that. 30-15. He says, this is what the Holy One, the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. Why is he saying that? He's saying it to a people who are being attacked on every side, a people who need to protect their lives, a people who life is not going well for. And he says, it's in repentance and rest. Do you guys remember standing in the fire? Refusing to move. Rest. Standing. Refusing to move. Rest. Refusing to change the subject. Repentance. Saying, not that. Not that, Lord. That's not who you say I am. That's not, you you said I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You said I am yours. You said these things are not, no, no, no. I will not. Every one of those anxieties and fears and terrors and, and condemnation that rise up. No, I'm letting those go. In repentance and rest is your salvation, not by your own effort. And in quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. So we flip over, keep going. And and this is the verse that really started this journey for me is Hebrews chapter uh, four. 
It says, it's talking now, it's talking about the people of Israel. So we're coming full circle. It said, for if Joshua had given them rest, what kind of rest? It said they wanted to enter into the king, the, the, um, it's the whole uh, situation where the people of Israel, right? They've come up to the land of promise and they see the land of promise full of giants. And what do they do? They run away. And God says this, they refuse to enter into my rest. Well, that looks like work going into the promised land. Seems a lot less re- more restful to stay in the wilderness. But he says rest is to enter into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb were willing, but the rest of the people were not willing, and they died in the wilderness. It says, so if Joshua had given them rest, let them go in. God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for all of us, the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. Anybody see a problem? Make every effort to enter his rest. That's a very strange phrase. So that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And then it's the weirdest thing. You guys all memorized this verse in Sunday school, but I never knew it in context. Why? For the word of the Lord is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. As I'm standing in the presence of God, as I'm standing in the presence of his word, he divides away the things that are not him from the things that are him. Who he says I am from who I think I am. From who he says I am and who the enemy says. Who he says I am and what my, my environment says I am. As I stand, not me, not self-analysis. Who are my self-analysis people? Who here has gone into your own heart and come out better? <laughs> Ain't never gonna happen. You just come out covered in manure. That's your heart. You don't want to talk about mine. No. In fact, it's God. Jeremiah said, the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? God, you alone know. You alone know. And as I stand in that place, as I stand in this rest, what is this rest he speaks of? Because in fact, Jesus said, greater works will you do than the works I did. How am I supposed to do that if I'm resting? Because I'm resting in his work in me. Paul put it this way in Colossians 1. He said, I work according to his mighty power that works in me. I have a question. Does your car work really hard? No. It's empow- the power of the engine, right? Whatever it is. Do you, did you work really hard to get here? Let me say that. No. Your car did all the work. His power working in you to will and to do his goods, uh, good purposes. And in fact, he says he has works prepared for us in advance for him to do. So he gives us work to do and he empowers us to do it. And he calls that rest. I would submit that a lot of our ideas about rest are actually an idolatry of comfort and pleasure. Hey, hey, I'm getting to the altar before y'all. You should know, I only, I'm, I'm leading the way in repentance. 
Because idolatry of comfort and pleasure. I will comfort myself. I will meet my needs. I will, I, 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 I deserve this. 12 o'clock at night in a bucket of ice cream. I deserve this. I work hard. Right? No, no, no. Rest is God. What would you have me know? God, what is there grace for right now? God, what, would, what are you doing right now? And I will step into that and your power empowers me to do what God's called. So why do I say that? I know a little of this. Because I used to get into trouble late at night and early in the morning when I was under my own recognizance. Who are my people? Well, I deserve this. I'll have another cookie. Another box of cookies. Instead, God, what is there grace for? Remember you wanted to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, what is there grace for? Oh, wash dishes. Oh, God, what is there grace for? No stress ease watching him empower me to do the things I long to do by his might and power. Not out of stress, not out of fear, but out of rest. I'll give you another example. Um, When was it? It was um, uh, Friday. I was supposed to meet with someone for coffee. And I texted them 15 minutes till I was going to be on time. That's already grace. And uh, I was going to be on time and no response. And I text and I text and I text. And in the past, when I am stood up, no, not I mean, just think what I might think. What are some things that I might, some thought patterns I might consider? They forgot. They forgot. You're very generous. <laughs> what are some other thoughts? They don't really care. I could have been doing all this. They're, you guys are generous. I'm not important. What's that? They didn't want to talk to me. In fact, nobody does. In fact, I'm just a worthless person. So then I can go to accusation or self-condemnation. Who are my people? Right? And I begin to build a whole theology. I'm quick, by the way. I'm very, I'm very efficient at being able to do that. But I want you to know something. You know what I didn't do this time? I didn't move. I didn't move. I was like, okay, God, what is there grace for? And I was like, God brought someone to mind, and I texted them. And I was like, okay, that was five seconds. Lord, what do you want to... And for 40 minutes, I stayed in that uncomfortable place, continually returning to, what is there grace for? What is there grace for? And I got in the car to leave, and God, because God is gracious and knows my weakness, that's the point when they called. And they said, oh my gosh, I forgot my phone. I'm so sorry it was at home. Can we still meet? And of course, my heart was like, well, yeah. It was after about three seconds. But, but what I want to say is I stayed in that place. For me, that might not sound like a victory for you, but for me, it's a big victory to stay and not build my own salvation, not build my own theology, not build this whole thing. And this standing, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Because your life in me is more than enough for this moment. I have no excuse to go to hell right now. I have no excuse to go to a partner with the accuser of the brethren. I have no excuse. I'm going to stand in this moment and not let the, the devil change the subject. I'm going to stay in this place. Because, and remember what we said what the word is? The word. The word is what divides us. Do you know what Paul says the word is over in Colossians 1? He said the word is Christ in you the hope of glory. We talked about this the other day. Hope is the foretaste of the fullness. 
It is the guarantee. It's the power of God to do the will of God. It's God's presence. So God is in me in every moment to do whatever is needed in that moment, whatever there's grace for. And when I stay in the moment and I don't move, I don't change the subject, I don't move, literally, that's what he keeps telling me. He's like, Peter, I had a situation a few weeks ago. I woke up in the middle of the night all flipped out about the situation and what I had done and what other people had done and what needed to be done. Who are my people? And, and I was about to lose the rest of my night of sleep. And I said, God, what do you want me to know about this? He said, it'll all work out, a.k.a. rest, a.k.a. do nothing. Who are my people? It's really hard to do nothing. You need to get in there and help. I got the gifts of helps. <laughs> That's not that gift. <laughs> That's stirring the pot. He said, let me do, he said, because if you work, I can't. If you do, I can't. You know, have you ever tried to help a small child with a project? (laughs) You either remove them or you're like, well, we'll see what the results will be. Yes, that does look like a cat. Right? No, God, what do you want me to do in that moment as I'm resting in him? And in fact, this is what Paul's talking about in Romans 1. He says, I am convinced, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel has never let me down. God's never let me down. And I would submit to you, my entire life, every place where I thought God let me down, I had actually gotten in the way of his process. I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you to ask God to reveal your own personal history in that area. It's a scary thing because we tell ourselves stories. God failed me. These people. God's like, I was ready. I was ready. I was ready to help. But you went your own way. You did your own thing. And and in fact, the other thing is uh, the whole thing with timing. I love what he says over in in, uh, Philippians 1.6. He says, I am confident of this, that he who began the work will do what? Bring it to completion by when? The end of time. (laughs) The day of Christ Jesus. The day of his appearing. The day of his revelation. He said, let me work. I'm doing a good work in you. I'm changing you. I'm transforming you. I'm, I'm working in you and through you. Let me work. Stop. Stop trying to help me. But rather, begin to partner with me. Most of the time I've discovered, you know how he wants me to partner with him? Simply agree with him. Peter, could you agree that that person is not the Antichrist? Could you agree with me that I am still king? Could you agree with me that I am working in this situation even though you cannot see it? Could you believe that I am doing something that is more important than what you think is most important? What if the delay in your breakthrough is because God is working something even more important in you and me? And this whole thing at the end of the day is a rest in the finished work of the cross. Did his death and resurrection truly, did we truly die with him? that we have been raised with him, that we are, as Masha said, there is now no separation between us and no condemnation. Is that true? Am I going to rest in that? When the enemy goes, 
Or am I going to go, oh yeah, I need to dialogue with the devil. I need to talk with this person. I need to deal with this issue. Or am I going to come back to this place? I'll give you a situation in our lives. Um, Financially, there's a lie that if you follow Jesus, all of your financial needs will be met in the future. What I mean by that is, you will never have to worry about finance again. Who are my people? That's what you're waiting on. Do you know what kind of provision God provides? Daily bread. No future provision in that. Daily bread. Who here has tried to get God worried about your future bills? You ever notice that like the, the Cobb County in April attempts to invite you into that place when they send you your updated tax bill? <laughs> They're like, oh, where are you going to get that kind of cash by October? Who are my people? I have tried my best to invite God into that place. Do you know what he tells me? I got it. He said, is that today? Do you have enough for today? Well, yeah, Lord, but... Do you have enough today? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Right? He, that place of standing, refusing to move out of the present. Masha got a revelation from the Lord at the chiropractor's office. It was this, that it is impossible to rest if you are in the past or the future. It was on the little screen at the chiropractor. It wasn't Jesus. It didn't show up as the chiropractor. But... You cannot rest in the past or the future. Why is his name Yahweh? I am. He is here right now for all of our needs in this moment, not in the next moment, in this moment, this present moment. But when I'm, I'm worrying, what does he say? Do not do what about tomorrow? Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't let yesterday's failures disqualify you today because even yesterday's failures are under the blood. Do not let what has happened in the past, today is the day of your salvation. In this moment, if I will stand on what he has done on the cross, that it is enough for today, he will build my tomorrow. He will resolve my yesterday. And in fact, in that place, then I will find that there is creativity. I'll begin to hear his heart for the dreams that he has for me. I'll begin to actually be able to forgive and I will have his perspective. I will begin to have all these things. And then as I stand in that place, I'll find I have more than enough energy to get done everything that is, he has for me in that day. Rest in him. Rest in him. The final part of, of rest is, you see, is in finance. see sabbath rest is about refusing to trust in my own labor but who here has a hard time you may not trust in your labor but you trust in the amount in your bank account all of us and what does he say he say to them he says when you get finance give the first portion why does he say give the first portion do you think because it's hard why is it hard You have the money, you better do it now. What makes it giving the first portion hard? Like if you're a farmer, it says give first fruits. If you know anything about harvesting, you need to harvest while the weather is good. If you give the first portion, there's no guarantee of anything more. A storm could come in and destroy the rest of the harvest. 
So if I give the first portion, what am I saying to God? I, yeah, yeah, especially he, like that, in the middle of it, they're like, they're like, oh, please don't let harvest fall on the Sabbath. <laughs> you can see them. They're like, wait, I mean, good Jews. They're like waiting for sundown. Go, you know, they're going great. Like, like that's not rest. That's <laughs> right. Rest in him. Trust in him in your finance by what? Not leaning on our own understanding, not leaning on our own ability, not leaning on our own finance. But God, I trust you. You are my source, source of wisdom and understanding, source of life, source of finance. You are my source. That is the rest. My life is in you. My life is hidden with Christ in God. I, he is my life. End of story. And God will continually touch that and say, is that really true? And he will grow that understanding with us little bit by little bit. And he'll do it just like he did with Abraham. He said, Abraham's like, I trust you, Lord. He said, give me your son. Ah! (laughs) No, not that. God will constantly touch. Why? Because rest, it doesn't look like rest, but rest is that place of sacrifice, that place of I will not exalt anything else above your name. I will not exalt anything. I will not make anything else my God. You alone are God, not my wife, not my kids, not my job, not my money, not my stuff, not, my, not the government, nobody. You alone are Lord and you are my life. And that's what can bring you to this place where Job can say, though he slay me, which he ain't going to do, yet I will praise him because you alone are my life. Rest is that place to refuse to let the circumstances of my life change the subject. You alone are God, and I will worship you. And so I would submit that he is inviting each of us into a rest. And the way we know where he's inviting us into rest is the place we got triggered this morning. It might be rest in a relationship where we're stirring. I got to help, I got to help. It could be rest in our finances. God, I, I need to ask you what you want me to do with my finances. It could be rest in terms of managing your addictions. Because see, a lot of us, we learn that managing addiction is white knuckle or distraction. That's not the freedom God wants for us. God wants a freedom where we're free to say yes to him at all times rather than living with this constant, no, 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 no. Freedom. God is calling us to rest. In him, what he says over our lives, over our relationships, over the people around us. If we could have the worship team come up. I don't normally know the songs that are coming and I'm always surprised and I love them. Because he reveals something of the message in the song that they've already, that Marina's already chosen. But... This song is new wine. I would submit that we, when we hold on, trust in ourselves, that's the old wine. The new wine is I receive the new that you have for me today. Your mercies are new every morning. Your new wine. I'm not going to trust in the past, cling to the past, but lean into the new that you have. If we can stand. Father, I ask you to give us courage to rest in you, to rest in what you did on the cross, to make us one, to remove the barrier of separation between us and each other, that we might be one. your name, amen. 
For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 